Well, the serenity prayer is a prayer that we read every single week at Celebrate Recovery, but we also read it in our step study small groups. And it can feel like it's a little bit rote, if we're being honest, that are we just saying these words? Today, I want to challenge you with to just a better understanding to take in these words and not just make it something that we check off and read, but make it a essential part of a recovery journey as we understand what these words are that we're speaking. Welcome to Hope and Recovery, a Fellowship Celebrate Recovery podcast. This is a podcast that brings you life change stories and recovery topics that bring healing and growth and maturing in our spiritual, our mental, emotional, and even our relational health as we walk this journey we call recovery, all centered around the Beatitudes where Jesus tells us and helps us to face our hurts so that we can begin to tackle those hangups that have us stuck and ultimately replace those habits with new healthy practices so we can walk in new healthy relationships as we walk with the Lord. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney. I am the ministry leader and pastor at Fellowship Bible Church Celebrate Recovery here in Rogers, Arkansas. And welcome. So glad to be back with you and love the feedback you're giving us. And you guys are even sending in some ideas and and topic uh, consideration for, for this podcast. So keep sending those in, uh, email me. You can f- go to, uh, fellowshipcr.org or go to CR at fellowshipnwa.org. You, it'll send me an email and, uh, I'd love to have your feedback on that, but Hey, serenity, it's one of those things that, ah, gosh, it can be hard. It can be hard in the midst of the chaos. And sometimes the perception can be, If we can just get rid of all the stuff, then we'll have the serenity and the peace that we long for. And and the trick is, how do we walk through peace in our recovery, uh, peace in our walk in the midst of the chaos? And that sounds so crazy to even say that out loud because, you know, it's hard to, to under our own power, and that's the key under our own power, try to find and kind of work up peace. Just act like everything's okay. I'm at peace. Everything's good. And, and, and as I was sharing with a sister recently, it, you know, sometimes when we talk about our relationships, uh, we can get confused on the difference between being a peacekeeper and a peacemaker as the beatitude reminds us that we are blessed. Uh, blessed are the peace makers. And that's off that, that principle six, um, that we read every single week, evaluate all my relationships, offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me and make amends for harm I've done to others, except when to do so would harm them or others. And I think what's so important uh, to kind of understand the difference uh, between peacekeeper and peacemaker, peacekeeper is trying to keep the peace at all costs. Peacemaker is one I'm doing my part. I'm doing what's within my control and my power uh, to 
obtain peace through the power, empowering presence of Jesus Christ. One is my white knuckling it, and one is inviting Jesus into that. So I just wanted to spend some time. Uh, one of the ideas that came through from one of our participants was maybe spending some time to unpack the, the serenity prayer just a little bit more. And uh, we do <clears throat> kind of an extended training on this with some of our folks. And it's always good to to walk through this, but I just kind of put Rodney's skin on this and <laughs> walk through uh, my own perspective. And, and this would be a great exercise for you in your own journal. Get your journal out and go line by line and ask that question. What does that mean to me? What does that mean for me? How will this change me today? That's such a great question to ask each other as we're walking through this journey. So I just want to go through these lines. And, and here's the cool thing. We're not talking about a behavioral change when we're talking about walking in serenity. No, we're talking about a heart change. And what's cool, so cool about that is, you know, a behavioral change is a white knuckling experience. Heart change means that I'm in, inviting and involving something, someone outside of from within myself. As I, I shared in the powerless lesson, that there's no power that comes from plugging into itself. <laughs> you can say the same thing about serenity. There's no serenity that comes from plugging into itself. In order to accomplish serenity, well, you don't understand, Rodney. I've got a lot of things. In order to accomplish serenity, even through that, whatever that that is you're, that you're about to say or you're thinking. In order to do that, so we have to invite a, a power source, and we're very frank with that, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit into that space so that we can have heart change. And guys, allowing my heart to change um, just brings in just incredible empowerment to be able to boldly go to spaces that we may not have before. Um, to know that that source is not from me, but from Christ is a big deal from the Holy spirit. Not from me is a big deal. So, and when we start out this serenity prayer, God, I love that is starting out with acknowledging our power source. <laughs> God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Now, what's so important in recovery, if you're like me, the perfectionistic tendencies or uh, the tendencies to want to white knuckle my way through life, to understand there are things in this world I cannot change. That's a game changer, isn't it? When I can come to that place and understand the, the perspective and the expectations, see, if I think I, I can change everything around me and I'm in control of things, guess what grows when it doesn't happen? Anxiety, which is the opposite of peace. I thought I could control this. And we talk about that in the forgiveness lesson, right? We're trying to get healing and justice. And when that doesn't happen, guess what grows? Pain and fear, a greater need for healing and justice and, and anger becomes the evidence of that. So do I accept, grant me the serenity to accept and that word accept, and there's a previous podcast, Andy and I unpacked with this acceptance and recovery is a big deal. Do I accept that I don't have, I can't change everything. And so that word that just kind of jumps out at me, grant me the serenity to accept. You could stop there. 
Am I accepting this notion that I'm not in control of all things? I can't change all things. But the way it's phrased, accept the things I cannot change. So to understand realistic, realistic expectations, I cannot change everything. And guys, that can feel, depending on your lens, if you think you're the source of your power, that can be a little bit deflating and defeating. But if I know there's a power source that will help me when I come to that realization, knowing I'm calling upon God uh, to be that source, Lord, would you be my source to be able to accept these things that I can't change, to be okay with that and let go of that and say, God, open hands I'm giving it to you, Lord. Give me serenity. Grant me that serenity, that peace that even though I can't accept the things that I'm facing in my life, that I can have serenity. I can have peace. And it's really a lens, isn't it? But then followed up with that, it's the courage to change the things that I can. Now, here's here's the interesting thing. There are things that we do have a part in this. The, the celebrate recovery principles are not, well, I'm powerless, so I just can't help myself. I'm just going to roll over and, and God, you've got this. If you don't show up and make it happen, it's just not going to happen. No, we have a part in that. And for me, it's calling upon my power source. And then what's my part in that? Am I taking the steps as I, as he gives me the courage and the strength of Joshua when my knees begin to buckle if you're familiar with that story, you know, Josh was facing some really challenging things to lead a group of broken people. I can relate to that. And just the fear that can come in, that that courage and strength, that it's that picture of my knees are beginning to buckle and courage is being able to not turn and run, but lean into that. Because if I know God's with me, nothing can stand against me. Nothing can defeat me. So I want that kind of courage. Lord, give me that courage. Grant me the serenity, the peace that I don't, I can't fix this on my own and give me the courage to change the things I can. That means that what I'm consuming and putting into my brain, the things that I'm consuming and allowing my heart to digest, uh, the bitterness that that is so easily tempted to begin um, being birthed in my heart because of something that's happening around me. Lord, I can change that by taking it to you. So give me the courage to do just that, even if it's not a quick fix. And I love that. Maybe you can fill in the blank there of what's something that you would say, I need his courage. I need the Lord's courage. I need God. I need you to grant me with courage to do my part in this, to not hang out in those bad neighborhoods. When we talk about um, in in the Proverbs, I think it's Proverbs 4, maybe Proverbs 5, when uh, Solomon, one of the wisest men, considered the wisest man in Scripture, he's painting this picture of someone being in a bad neighborhood, in the red light district to be specific. And he's telling these younger men, hey, you're going to have um, the... Uh, the women in the red light district calling on you and you can put whatever you want in the scenario, but this specifically is speaking to kind of sexual immorality and the, the, the temptation is luring you in the bad neighborhood. Strength says I can go hang out in that neighborhood. Uh, wisdom says stay out of the neighborhood. That's a Lord, give me the courage that even though my flesh and my desires are screaming at me, help me to um, completely die to my flesh 
and allow, um, uh, allow your spirit to work in and through me so that I don't end up in this bad neighborhood to, to truly, uh, die to myself so that, um, I can begin living out those promises to, I don't have to be a prisoner to this temptation. So give me the courage to change the things I can stay out of that neighborhood. If you're, if you're hanging out in neighborhoods in mentally or physically or emotionally, you know, there's certain movies based on my story. If there is a woman being abused, my wife knows this now. She knows I can't watch that because it will trigger me into some really unhealthy things, seeing my mom in an abusive situation. So get out of that. Lord, give me the courage to change the things I can. I can change the channel. What do you need to change the channel for? And the last part of that sentence is, and the wisdom to know the difference, the wisdom to know what I cannot change and the wisdom to know what I can change. If I'm in an unhealthy relationship where I'm setting boundaries and they're not honoring that, I can't do anything to change them. I can do everything to change me and what I do with that. And that's where codependency kind of gets us, doesn't it? So Lord, give me the wisdom. Again, it's all that, that continuous sentence grant me, grant me acceptance, grant me courage, grant me wisdom. And all those things are going to be huge components to gaining that serenity. But as we move into that second sentence, we hear this a lot in Celebrate Recovery, don't we? That living one day at a time, living one day at a time. You know, we talk about this with uh, our tendency to kind of get ahead of God in fact, one of my sayings that I say often uh, that one of my trusted mentors told me years ago, if it feels like I'm pushing a boulder up a hill, I'm probably pushing a boulder up a hill that doesn't need to be pushed. And so, Lord, help me to live one day at a time. And here's the key. I don't want to get ahead of you, Lord. I want to trust you in this space. Lord, let me be in this moment. And if it's hard, I'm going to call upon you. Lord, grant me acceptance, grant me courage, grant, grant me wisdom. Help me live in this one day at a time, one moment at a time, as we'll talk about in just a second. But just that uh, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time. Now, here's the key. This is why we push on gratitude so much. Why is gratitude so much? Because it, it forces us to lift our eyes from our muck and our circumstances and our chaos that's in front of us and lift our eyes up to say, God, what are you doing? This is hard. And, and part of that living one day at a time is to be honest about where we are. Living one day at a time is not acting like I'm not experiencing any pain. It's saying, Lord, I'm hurting right now. When this happened today, it made me feel sad. It made me feel rejected. It brought up a lot of emotions, sadness, anger, whatever that is. I want to invite those in, organize them and give them to you. So living doesn't mean living like acting like everything's okay, but living means I can be human and I can invite you into that Lord. I'm living one day at a time. And, and that, that gratitude part, as I honor where I am, then I can go to focusing on what he's doing for me and has done for me. And it literally, if, if we're taking a, a picture of your brain, <laughs> my brain with gratitude, when we feed our brain with negativity, 
it it literally creates a swelling in our brain. It literally, it's like a if you've ever seen a wave go into the shore, it it's literally kind of physiological a response to our brain that literally transfers all the way through our body that can actually feed into our unhealth and not being physically fit and and strong to be able to face the battles in front of us. But when we bring in gratitude, it has a, a different physiological response. Our brain and our mind, if you think of your brain uh, as the physical part, the mind is what feeds into the brain. And what we're feeding our mind is actually making a difference on the brain and the physiological part of our brain by what we're feeding our our mind. And so living means being honest about where I am because if I don't get honest and I bury it, it's going to come out uh, sideways, right? So live living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time. Even in the midst of this, I need to be honest where I am, Lord. Can I enjoy this moment and say, God, but I know you're with me and you are guiding me through this. You're giving me the strength. You're giving me the power to do what I need to, to face this. And I just want to give you thanks that this is hard. And though it feels difficult and chaotic, I thank you for your peace being in and with me. Do you know that when Jesus was talking to the disciples, he says, guys, I'm going to be leaving here, but I need to go so that I can send a helper. Fascinating. The helper he's talking about is the Holy Spirit enjoying one moment, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time is knowing that though things may be chaotic, I have a helper. And when we can live that way and enjoy life that way in the midst of chaos, we're saying I have access to a power that lives and breathes inside of me to be able to, the last part of that, to accept or accepting hardship as a pathway to peace that I can embrace the hard stuff and know that this is a part of how God's growing me because I'm inviting a network of people into this, but I'm most importantly inviting Jesus into this as a pathway. It creates a new neural pathway, uh, synapses, so to speak, uh, that's ingraining a new way of thinking, a new way of experiencing life and being honest about that, not, not sugarcoating it, but being honest so that we can get on a pathway toward peace. Um, really good stuff to, to think about as, as we walk through this, this uh, serenity prayer. So uh, before we continue, I'm going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to move into the last part of that serenity prayer, what it means to, to take as Jesus did this sinful world as it is. So when we come back, we'll finish the conversation. Stick with us. I'll be right back. Hey, folks, if you're looking for a safe place to face your hurts, hangups, and habits, and even broken relationships, no, you don't have to go far. Uh, we have a safe community. This is why Celebrate Recovery is here. It's the, it's the uh, triage, the emergency room of Celebrate Recovery, and, and we're here uh, with you. We're here for you, and we want to fight uh, with you in this battle as you look for that serenity that we're talking about today. So... Um, if you'd like more information, you can join us on our Fayetteville or Rogers campus. Both of them meet on Friday nights. Go to fellowshipcr.org and join us in this journey. All you got to do is show up and we'll walk you through this process. 
Um, if you want to connect with other sister celebrate recoveries, we've got a full list on our fellowshipcr.org um, website. We hope you'll make a decision to join us this week. We'd love to have you join us. Welcome back, folks. Uh, talking about serenity, and before the break, I was kind of unpacking that that accepting to to live, to enjoy one day, one moment at a time, to so that you could almost throw a so that we can accept hardship. When we live, getting honest about where we are and enjoy one moment and, and lift our eyes with gratitude, it gives us um, the strength as we talked about earlier, the acceptance, the courage, and the wisdom to accept, that's that word again, the hardship that we're going to face. Here's the thing. Sometimes we get it in our head that if I'm in recovery, all my problems are going to go away. (laughs) It's not the way it works, as you know, that have been around a while. What it does do is when we know that we're living one day at a time, we're enjoying one moment at a time, knowing that God's with us and he's fighting in us and working through us and fighting uh, for us, then we can accept the hardship. And I wish I could say that the maturing process for me didn't involve uh, hardship. Um, Nothing can grow without tension, without resistance. We learn so much. And here's why we learn and where we learn. When we invite Jesus into this, when we invite the Holy Spirit into this, it just creates a whole different mindset for us. And so we can accept hardship as a pathway to peace because we're living one day at a time, being honest about where we are. We're enjoying one moment at a time as we, in living one day at a time because we're lifting our eyes uh, to Jesus in thanks for what he has done, is doing, and will do. It's a belief that he is, is going to be with me in the future. I don't have to worry about tomorrow because he's with me today. And so that's why I'm living today. That's why I'm enjoying today, even in the midst of pain. We're not celebrating the pain. We're, we're celebrating the fact that somebody's with us in the pain so that we can move into that next line, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is. Back to those expectations. When we can... Um, Uh, understand and take in the sinful world. Think about what Jesus endured fully God, fully man. When he walked this earth, a sinful world, he knew what he was stepping into. His expectations were I'm stepping into a broken, sinful world. That was a whole purpose behind him dying on the cross. And if we can take in and understand expectations, if I walk out that door and expect nobody's going to hurt me, no one's going to fail me. No one's going to, um, be sinful toward me as believers, by the way, we should be of all people. You can kind of expect it with non-believers, but with believers, why would we ever be surprised when people are sinful? We can take this world as Jesus did the sinful world as it is. Not that we say, Oh, isn't it wonderful? But it's an acceptance to know this is why you died. Jesus And this is why I accepted you as my personal Lord and Savior. This is why I accepted you as my higher power. I'm taking this world, this sinful sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. You know, in my control, I, I I want to make it different or I want to look at it different and I want to control it and manage it under my own power. I can't 
no matter how much I, as, as much as I would have the world as, as my perspective, I have to understand that God's in control. Lord, you, just as Jesus did, taking as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, he knew it. If he didn't, you and I wouldn't be believers today. He took it. And he loved us through that. So it's a really cool shift for me to just think about in the broken world. doesn't mean I have a close relationship with the broken world, especially if they reject and don't want Christ, et cetera. You can have a whole nother conversation on that. But if I can understand uh, Jesus loved and took the world as it is, I can too versus as the way I would have it, not as I would have it. And when we can do that, we can move into that trusting. Lord, I trust you. This is a broken world. And my expectations are today that I could be faced with challenges. But thank you, God, that you have equipped me with an armor. I can trust that you will make all things right. He's a God of justice. Not that we we do that so we say, God, go sick them, as I talked about on a prior podcast about forgiveness. No, we can trust that, God, you got control. I'm giving them to you. I'm going to do what I can to have the fruit that you've put in me come out of me, trusting that you will make all things right. Here's the key thing. This is We talk about this day one, and we need to talk about it day 1,000 or 1 million. If... I surrender to your will. You will make all things right if I surrender to your will. That's a complete game changer, isn't it? To be able to say, God, I'm trying to white knuckle this. I'm trying to manage this person. I'm trying to manage this problem. I'm trying to manage this pain. I'm trying to manage these people. Um, Whatever that is, I can't do that. Or I'm trying to manage an image. And there's all kinds of things that we could put into that. I can trust that you will make all things right if, don't miss that word, if I surrender to your will. That's such a cool picture. Are you surrendering to his will? Are you trying to manage someone's image, your own image, people around you, uh, pain, problems? What are you trying to manage? Jesus reminds us through his word and we're seeing in this prayer that we can trust him that he'll make all things right if, if I surrender to his, to your will, Lord. So are you surrendering to his will? And here's the cool, my, one of my favorite uh, phrases or two words in scripture when we read in James 5, 16, confess your sins with one another. Why? So that you may be healed. Prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. That's so that, why are we doing this? So that, and we're seeing that here. Trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, not my will, but your will be done, Lord, even if it doesn't make sense. Why? So that I may be reasonably happy in this life. <laughs> I love the phrasing in that because it's, it's reminding us that as long as we're on this earth, and by the way, this is not our final destination. We're passing through, guys. We live in a broken world and Jesus is coming back. That's central to our faith. He's coming back, but we've got some work to do on this earth, starting with ourselves, and then being that good news, that light, that fruit to other people around us. But if we can 
understand, I wanted to go back, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is. We live in a broken world, not as I would have it. Trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that, why? So that I may be reasonably happy in this life. You can go back, and I encourage you to go back and read this full serenity prayer. Everything we talked about comes to this full climax of why are we saying all these things so that I may be reasonably happy in this life. I can, I can be happy. Now, remember, in the root of the Beatitudes, we're not talking about a kind of happiness that means everything is just kosher around us and just everything's honky-dory or whatever. Everything's going smooth and there's no chaos and there's no problems and there's no... No. In the midst of the chaos, all the way back to our first phrase, God, grant me the serenity. I need your peace. And that's exactly what we're doing as we went through all of that phrasing so that I may be reasonably happy in this life, that I can be happy in spite of my circumstances, not because all my circumstances are better and, and, and they do get better. I mean, we do experience fruit. We have really good days and we have hard days, but it's different when we can acknowledge that Jesus is the one helping us. We can surrender to his will. He's going to make everything right. We can trust that so that we can be reasonably happy in this life. To know that happiness is not the absence of conflict, peace is not the absence of conflict, it's the presence of someone, the very one we called on in the very first line of this serenity prayer. God, you are the source. Inviting you into this is the only thing that's going to bring me happiness in the midst of the chaos that's happening around me so i can i i do all these things i ask these things to you i pray these things to you father i ask for your guidance and all these things so that i may be reasonably happy in this life and don't miss this this is why we can really hold on to hope and supremely happy with you forever the next that i may be reasonably happy in this life that I may be supremely happy with you forever in the next. That means guys, we're just passing through that. We're holding on. We know how the story ends and we're going to be with Jesus and we will be supremely happy, not reasonably happy, supremely happy with God forever in the next, because we will spend an eternity with him. And guys, the maturing process is difficult, isn't it? It's so difficult but when we know in our heart how this story ends, we can with confidence say, hey, I can yield this to you, Lord. Um, I can do, as that principle eight r- r- reminds us, the verse that goes with that, happier those who are persecuted because they do what God requires. And this whole prayer is about understanding that God is calling me. This is part of the, partly back to that same question, that same statement. What's my part? You know, what, what, what's the courage to change the things I can? What are we talking about? Doing my part is to keep seeking you, plugging into your power, making you the source of my life, and trusting you with that, Father. Because through that, I can be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever the next Thank you, God, that that we know how the story ends. 
and I, I can put my trust in you. So I want to read this whole prayer to you as we wrap up here. And I just want you to close your eyes and take this in and just let this just bathe over you and take in these words. Whatever you're facing in the chaos, in the pain, in the struggle, maybe the addiction, this is the prayer we're praying to the God, our higher power in Jesus Christ, who took this world as it is so that we could have life for eternity and spend eternity with him supremely happy forever and the next with him. But let me read these words to you and just let you be bathed with these. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Let it be, Lord. So I hope that uh, brings uh, some encouragement for you. Uh, spend some time. Go, go line by line through that serenity prayer and ask, what is that? How does that land for my heart? What are you saying to me, Holy Spirit? May this impact me. How will this change me today so that I can be changed forever as I live in the moment, as I enjoy the moment, um, accepting the hardship for that pathway of peace. Hey, if you're in a state of chaos, just know that when Jesus left, he said, I'm going to be sending a helper. I'm not, I'm gonna, my peace I give to you. He says, I'm not giving you a peace apart from myself. I'm giving you a part, peace and a part of myself. Let that resonate in your heart. Hey, if you have more questions and want to be a part of this journey toward peace and healing and recovery, as always, we hope you'll join us. Hey, thanks for being with me today. We hope you'll join us next time. Until then, God bless.